hello dr shushma singh welcomes you on the lecture of chapter 3 equality let us start our topic affirmative action in continuation of the last lecture in fact the fact is that in the spheres of education and health care india has done far less for its deprived population than what is their due in equalities in school education are glaring many poor children in rural areas and urban slums have little chance of attending schools if they do get the chance their schools have little to offer that would be comparable to the facilities available in elite schools the inequalities with which children enter school tend to continue to hamper their chances to improve their qualifications or get good jobs these students face hurdles in gaining admission to elite professional courses because they lack the means to pay for special coaching the fees for professional courses also may be prohibitively high consequently they cannot compete on equal terms with the more privileged sections social and economic inequalities of this kind hinder the pursuit of equal opportunities most theorists today recognize this what they contest is not the goal of equal opportunity but the policies that the state should pursue to achieve that goal should the state reserve seats for the deprived communities or should they provide special facilities that can help to develop talents and skills from an early age how should we define who is deprived should we use an economic criteria to identify the deprived or should we use social inequalities arising from the caste system in our country as the basis of identifying the deprived groups these are aspects of social policy that are today being debated ultimately the policies that we choose would have to be justified in term of their success in making the society more egalitarian and fair to all while reflecting on the issue of equality a distinction must also be made between treating everyone in an identical manner and treating everyone as equal the latter may be may on occasions need differential treatment but in all such cases the primary consideration is to promote equality 
differential or special treatment may be considered to realize the goal of equality, but it requires justification and careful reflection. Since differential treatment for different communities was part and parcel of the caste system and practices like apartheid, liberals are usually very varying of deviations from the norm of identical treatment. Many of these issues relating to the pursuit of inequality have been raised by the women movement. In the 19th century, women struggled for equal rights. They demanded, for instances, the right to vote, the right to receive degrees in colleges and universities and the right to work. That is the same rights as the men in their society. However, as they entered the job market, they realized that women required special facilities in order to exercise these rights. For instance, they require some provision for maternity leave and crutches in the workplace. Without special consideration of this kind, they could not seriously compete for job or enjoy a successful professional and personal life. They needed, on the other words, sometimes to be treated differently if they are to enjoy the same right as men. As we de deliberate on issue of equality and examine whether different treatments is warranted in a particular case, we need continuously to ask ourselves whether differential treatment is essential to ensure that a set of people can enjoy the same rights as the rest of the society. Caution must, however, be exercised to see that differential treatment does not yield new structures of dominance and oppression or become a means for some dominant groups to reassert special privileges and power in society. Differential treatment is indeed intended and justified only as a means to promoting a just and egalitarian society. Now we want to close our today's lecture. Thanks for being a attentive listener.